Hi, I'm Jay John. Joining me on Facing the Canon is radio host and inspirational author, Ruth O'Reilly Smith. Ruth O'Reilly Smith, welcome to Facing the Canon. Thanks for having me, Jay John. Now you are a presenter and uh, you present on a radio programme. We'll talk about that later. And your programme, you call it what? This is my story. Well, today, this is your story. So we want to hear your story, Ruth. Where did you grow up? So, yeah, this is very strange for me, Jay John, to be on the other side, on the receiving end. So thank you so much for having me. I grew up in Pretoria, the capital city of South Africa. Did you grow up as a Christian? Yeah, I grew up in a Christian home. I would say my parents are probably first-generation, Bible-believing, Holy Spirit-filled Christians. So they were, I guess, trying to navigate their way through what that actually meant because they didn't have too many examples within their own family. But they grew up within the church and then just had a hunger for more and were part of the early kind of seeking the Holy Spirit and more, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit. And so one of the biggest churches in South Africa is where I was kind of born and grew up and got baptized. And yeah, I love that. So I grew up within the church and grew up with a father and mother who were really passionate about having Bible study around the table and you know even during my teens when i wasn't really in the mood he would still gather the family and read the bible and we'd pray together and then i'd go my merry way so yeah i grew up i remember giving my life to jesus when i was about five and then around my teens i did kind of wander away not away from god i, I never stopped loving god but i had a desire to please my friends as well and so I got very good at being like a good girl at yes. home. So more, more like distractions rather than diversions. Yeah. So I wanted to be in with the in crowd. I wanted to, I knew who the popular girls were and I wanted to be like them. I was very good at kind of being a bit of a chameleon. So at school, I would, I thought that I needed to swear to fit in and so my language was quite colorful at school and you know I just did what I thought I needed to do to fit in with the crowd so that was at school and then at home I would put my halo back on and be the good girl at home and part of youth and part of you know just being really well behaved at bible club and and church and when did you realize that, uh, to use the expression, oil and water didn't quite mix? Yeah. Well, it was an experience that I had walking to my piano lesson. And I'm not sure if it was the audible voice of God, but I knew that God spoke to me on my way to my piano lesson. It was after school. How old were you? I was around probably 12, 13 years old. Yes. And there were very few people at school. I remember walking down the corridor on my own. I hadn't got to my piano lesson yet. And I had this overwhelming sense that God gave me a choice in that moment. 
choose this day who you're going to serve, me or the enemy of your soul. And in that instant, I just chose to follow Jesus. And the Lord directed you in many different ways. And how did you get into broadcasting? So I studied teaching and in my second year of university, at the time, I was working in a uh, in a store, a little bit like your M&S type store. Yes. And I had applied for a kind of weekend holiday job while I was um, studying. And the HR manager said to me on the phone, she said, we have a few positions available, but as I started speaking to her, she said, would you be interested in doing the PA? And I said, yes, and put the phone down and said to my parents, what's the PA? Yes. I had no idea what that was. And so I had already for probably about a year been doing the public announcements within the stores. So ladies and gentlemen, we oh, have... so it wasn't personal assistant. So no, no. Not, pe not personal no. assistant. It was public announcements. Public announcements. Yeah. So I had for a little while already been doing these public announcements within the store, um, telling the men that they were able to get their shirts yes. for 50% discount or whatever. And so I'd been doing this and a friend of mine said he saw an advert for English radio DJs at the university campus radio and I should go for it. And so I did. And I remember that interview very well because I had a conversation with the station manager and they started asking me about my favorite artist, as they would. And I remember saying, I think it's uh, Eric Clapton. Yes, yes. <laughs> what song is your favorite? Oh, I think that one about heaven. Yes. So I didn't really know who sang what. I knew the songs and I knew the artists. Um, and he said to me, look, we can work on your music knowledge, but you've got a decent voice. And they gave me a show. And so I hosted a radio show on campus radio. For As a, a bit. student. As a student. So I was studying teaching. This is my second year of university studying teaching. And I just fell in love with radio. And at the time we were using proper vinyl records and yes. CDs. And I, I just loved it. And within a few months, community radio started in South Africa. So we're talking 1995. Yes. And because of all of my experience that I had then on campus radio, I was asked by our church if I would come on board to help them. They were granted, to my knowledge, it's the only Christian community radio station with that overt license in the whole of South Africa. So Ruth, you're now a presenter with UCB. Who are UCB? So UCB is United Christian Broadcasters which is, in essence, a Christian media organization, or charity, that broadcasts from Stoke-on-Trent right across the whole of the UK. And we've got two national stations, UCB1 and UCB2. So UCB1 is Christian contemporary music, and you've got a variety of lots of different styles of Christian music right across the the day and the week. And then UCB2, which is where I sit, hosting This Is My Story, 
is a worship station. So you've got all elements and kinds and types of worship music right across, again, the spectrum of the day and the week. So it's a huge privilege yeah, for me to be involved. It's a remarkable, influential ministry. And, uh, and what a privilege for you uh, to have, what, 15 hours a week. Incredible. Uh, and also at weekends as well. Yeah. Sunday night. Sunday night. Yeah, Sunday evening, five till eight. So you've got 18 hours a week yeah. where you are communicating with quite a vast audience. Yeah. You're a communicator and you're someone that's feeding people and inspiring people and helping them in their journey of faith. Uh, when you think of a local church pastor who may have to preach, teach, speak, 30 minutes on a Sunday. I'm not suggesting they don't do a lot of other stuff, but you're doing a mammoth amount of teaching and speaking and encouraging. I, I'm impressed. <laughs> I have to remind myself of that sometimes. You know, that's why it is great to hear from the listeners. And it is wonderful to meet people who listen to UCB or engage with reading the content because then you realize that this is real. This is actually being used by God to encourage people. And we felt that and came to realize that, particularly during COVID-19, in those times where we were grappling with our own fears and anxieties, to hear from the listeners that they were being encouraged just by hearing the same old presenters in the same old spots, also talking candidly about our fears and anxieties, but reminding ourselves to go back to what does God's word say? Lockdown was quite a tough time. And it's wonderful that ministries like yours, Ruth, were able to communicate with so many people that were at home. Uh, I know Killy and I would listen in the morning when we woke up, uh, while we're having breakfast, we'd listen at night when we were getting ready for bed. And it was so, so good. And during that time, you wrote a book. I did. <laughs> you did. And um, what a great book it is. And you simply called it God Speaks. So go on, tell us the birth of this book. Well, the journey of the book probably starts a couple of years before or a few years before. And it's a journey of surrender and obedience, surrendering my will and obeying God. And a lot of the story that you've heard today is exactly that, surrendering my will, learning to let my will go and choosing to obey God. And it's taken me many years to get my head around that. And I'm still on the journey, John. Absolutely. Probably... Aren't we all? Aren't we all? <laughs> but let me pick up on that, that word. We mentioned it earlier, but you mentioned it again, surrender. How would you define that? I think it's a human nature to want to control our lives, our circumstances. It feels scary to be out of control. And what I have learned and am learning is that the best place for me, Ruth, to be is to rest and be at peace with my maker, making the decisions over my life and leading me and me choosing to follow, even if I can't see 
to the end of where he's leading me and guiding me to trust that he loves me, that he's got me, that he has the very best intentions towards me and that I would just take one step at a time. Why do you think, Ruth, we lack belief in that? Why do we not trust God more? Why do we waver so often? I think it's because we put our understanding of God through a human lens. And so the way that I interact with people, the disappointments I've had, the betrayals I've had from humans, those close or where I've become disillusioned, things haven't quite worked out the way that I was hoping, that I then put that on top of God. And that's how I view him then. So when he promises me that he will lead me, when he promises me that he is my peace, that he is my joy, that I don't need to fear, I hear that through my disappointments and the betrayals and the and the disillusionment. And it's a constant refocus on what does God's word say? So bringing in the power of God's word through his Holy Spirit and renewing my mind consciously and regularly so that I choose then to believe what God says over my life. So the book was really birthed out of this space. And in yes. the run up to Lent, I was doing what most radio presenters do and kind of just threw out the question, so what are you giving up for Lent? And I was very flippant about this and kind of just said, I'll probably give up alcohol and chocolate. And I went to the next song. And I remember kind of slumping in the chair and God just dropped in my spirit. A little bit like on that day when I was 12 or 13 and God said, choose this day who you will serve. There've been times in my life when God has spoken to me really clearly and I just cannot ignore it. And I felt that God wanted me to give up Netflix. So I was enjoying a series at the time. You were in the middle of a series. I was in the middle of a series I was really enjoying. I'm not going to no, say but it. No, enjoying it. But enjoying it. And you felt this prompting, yeah. give it up. Give it up for Lent. And I knew that because I'd been on this journey of surrendering my will and choosing to obey God, that this was something of God and I just had to do it. And, and I wanted to as and well. And was it like a test? I knew it was a test. Yes. I knew it was. Are you willing to give yes. up Netflix? Yeah. Uh, give up this series? Yes. yes, give up the series. So I gave up the series at the start of Lent. I did try and squeeze in a few extra programs. Before. But I didn't have much time. I think I'd Lent started the next day or something. So I gave up Netflix, gave up the series. And at the time, I also felt that God wanted me to start journaling in my morning devotionals. So before I get out of bed in the morning, I like to spend some time reading the Bible and praying and just giving my day to God before I get out of bed. And at the time, COVID was really taking hold across a lot of Europe. And there was a lot of fear around when it was gonna come to the UK. And so at the time, I was grappling with my own fears and anxieties. And so for me to just spend a few moments at the start of the day, preparing my heart before I've got to then go on a national 
radio station and encourage the listeners, I needed that. I had to hear from God first. So journaling wasn't something new. I had done journaling on and off since my teens, really. We had amazing Bible teaching in the church that I grew up in, and we were taught to journal. So writing a letter to God and then hearing back from God and asking him to speak to us and just writing whatever comes to mind. And so I had done that on occasion and always found it really beneficial. So I start writing. But the kind of writing that was just flowing from me, John, yes, felt like nothing I'd written before. Fresh. Beautiful. Like feeding fresh my soul. Daily manner. And I was recognizing a lot of what I was writing. It was elements of the Old and the New Testament all merged into this beautiful letter of about 200 words every day feeding my soul. And within days, I again just had the sense that it was going to be a book. And I was very resistant initially and argued with God, but carried on regardless. You know, I was, I remember there were days where I was just so moved by what I was sensing God was speaking to me and just writing down what he was saying, that I knew that this needed to be for a greater audience than just me. Come the end of Lent, I kind of shelved it. But within a few weeks, I think it was around May bank holiday, we were gonna just take a drive as a family. And I felt that God said, send that gift that I've given you yes. to a publisher before you go out as a family. And so I knew that I had to do this. So although I'm aware of publishers, I had no idea if any of them accept unsolicited yes, work would, would from the likes of me, you know. So I found Authentic and on their website, they had an opportunity for anybody to just submit a manuscript or an idea for a book. And so that's what I did. I, I did that, sent them a few examples, and then I felt at peace and released to go and spend the day with my yes. family. So off I go, and while we were away for the day, I had a message back from the publishers saying, let's talk, sounds great, can you send us some more? And so was birthed this very long conversation with the publishers. But my heart, John, for this yes. was that it would be beautiful. Yeah. I really felt that in a world where a lot of books are online, digital versions, You've got the Kindle version of lots of different books, which is fantastic. I felt that this needed to be something beautiful. Yes. And I envisioned it as a gift book, hardcover, something that could be treasured, that people could write their own letter from God and have it as a memorial, really, something that they could look back on and see the faithfulness of God in their lives. And when I spoke to the publishers, they said that that's exactly what they envisioned and so was birthed. And it is, it's a gifty hardback book. And the heart of it is that God speaks. Well, God has spoken and he continues to speak. Why do we find it so hard to hear God? We clutter our mind and our hearts, our lives with so much. I think we're scared of the silence. 
We're scared of what we are going to hear. We're scared of perhaps hearing or seeing things within ourselves that we don't particularly like. And so we fill our days, we fill our thinking with so many other things that clutter and crowd. And it's quite difficult for the voice of God to break through. You know, you've got that scripture in the word um, in Psalm 46, be still and know. No that I am God. Yeah, so it's in the stillness that we So I suppose that the question now is, well, why do we find it so difficult to be still? Is it? We're just uncomfortable with stillness. I think though that God speaks to us in so many different ways. And so if we're uncomfortable with the silence, I, think that we've got to just find a space and a way for us to hear God. My starting point is the word of God. And so if I've got lots of things going on in my mind, if I am concerned about being mother and wife and the many things that are pressing in on me, the show and my responsibilities, and there's a lot of juggling and a lot of me trying to fit things in, I default to God's word. And if I'm finding it difficult to read the Bible, I like to hear the audio version. I love walking. And so I'll just go and walk. You know, if I feel like I'm distracted by a program or, you know, I want to fill my my head with something that's going to distract me from really doing a bit of introspection or trying to figure out, doing the hard work, I think. We're just, maybe it's about being a bit lazy. Yes. And it takes discipline and deliberate drawing away from some of the things that feel like they're easy to engage our hearts and minds with. And turning our attention you know i learned recently that repentance is a turning it is and choosing to look at the face of jesus and however that looks you know perhaps it is spending some time in worship maybe it's playing an instrument or doing some art being creative creating something we're fed so much with social media and with media in general, I work in media, so, you know, I, and I love it. But for us to actually be still and create something that comes from within is very fulfilling. Absolutely. And life what, affirming. What would you say, Ruth, to any of our viewers who would like to engage more with the Bible but don't? practice that on a daily basis, what advice would you give them? Well, as I mentioned, there are a lot of ways for us these days to be still and hear God's voice. The word has been what's transformed me. The Bible has changed me. And these days, there are lots of really great ways for us to engage in the content in the Bible, in the life of the Bible. And so what I do is I've just started getting into a habit of reading one 
chapter of the Old Testament and one chapter of the New Testament and just working through the Bible systematically like that. But there are times where it feels like I'm really struggling to actually read my big study Bible, the paper version. And so I'll just put the audio version of the Bible on and have that in, plugged into my ears while I'm folding washing or doing the dishes or cleaning the bathroom or pottering around the house. And I've just got God's word feeding. I've just got God's word feeding my soul. And that's life affirming. You know, there are perhaps Bible studies that you could sign up for. I receive a, a little verse every morning and I just read through that. And so there are a lot of ways that you can engage in the Word of God. It's changed me. I didn't find it easy, although, as I've mentioned to John, mm. I grew up in the church. I never actually read the Bible until a lot later. It was only when I had to, as part of writing devotionals for our daily bread ministries, that I was expected to read the Bible yes. all the way through and write based on those scriptures. And it has really changed my life. So I know that it is something that we as Christians will always say, I know that I need to read my Bible, but I don't. I really struggle to read the word. But I want to really encourage viewers to have it as a, a journey with God and ask him to help you. And maybe it is one chapter a day, perhaps just a bit at the start of the day and a bit at the end. And I guarantee you just test the power of God's word at work in your life. And I know it will change you. Absolutely. And the Bible is the only book that we can read along with the author. Yeah. And when we know the author, it's a transforming experience reading uh, through it. And uh, it was said of John Newton, who wrote Amazing Grace, that if you cut John Newton open, the Bible would have fallen out of him because his blood was bibbling. That's quite inspiring, <laughs> isn't it? Beautiful. Yeah, but I, 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 I love it that you love the Bible. And uh, on a number of occasions in our conversation today, you know, you went back to the Bible, back to the Bible, back to the Bible. And the truth is, as the title of your book says, Ruth, God speaks and he wants to speak to us today. Absolutely. Thank you, Ruth, for joining us on Facing the Canon. Thanks, Jay John. Well, I do hope you've enjoyed that. God does speak. He has spoken and he speaks today and he wants to speak through his word. I hope that has inspired you. Thank you for joining us on Facing the Canon. Please join us again. You've been listening to the J. John Podcast. To find out more about J. John's ministry, visit www.canonjjohn.com and follow him on social media. One doctor developed the world's first vaccine. One civil rights activist helped to end racial segregation in the USA. One botanist developed new farming practices supporting impoverished farmers.
One former slave escorted 300 others to freedom. One watchmaker saved the lives of 800 Jews and refugees during World War II. One politician persisted to see slavery legally abolished in the UK. Faith, love, generosity, sacrifice, perseverance. Heroes of the Faith, the new coffee table book by J. John. Available now at canonjjohn.com.